0: Hello everyone and welcome to Pixels, the show where we talk about video games and uh, I am Patrick Beja. We are going to be having a big uh, VR extravaganza today. We're going to be talking about my impressions about the PlayStation VR. I will let you know whether or not you, yes you, should buy it. Uh, Spoiler alert, Probably not. So there you go. You can stop listening now. You have your answer. Uh, with me, though, is uh, Ed Mitchell from 4Players Network, uh, which is the place you work at. How are you doing, sir?
1: I'm doing well. How are you doing? It's I'm nice and early over here and... <laughs> Yeah, it's nice and early for you. Uh, For me,
0: it is the eternal grayness of Mordor, which is uh, Finland, because I'm back in Finland for a little bit. Um, So, you know, it feels like a dreadful morning. Uh, Thankfully, though, (laughs) I can escape to the wonders of a reality that is virtual. And uh, can do all sorts of things there. You haven't tried the PlayStation VR, though. So you're going to be the wide-eyed, you know, Luddite that can ask me all the questions uh, that regular people uh, want to ask about VR, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Excellent. Um, So we're also going to be talking about the Oculus Connect 3, the conference, the third conference, which I think there was some really interesting stuff uh, in there. And I'm curious to see if you will agree or not. Um, And then we have a a weird teaser from Rockstar. I have my impressions on Destiny, Rise (laughs) of Iron, uh, a bunch of stuff. You can play a pigeon in Battlefield and it's quite incredible uh, if if you um, you know as hard as it is to believe uh, but let's start with the PlayStation VR so, uh, of course, PlayStation VR is the PlayStation uh, version of a virtual reality headset available uh, since I would uh, it's about a week, a little bit less, uh, five days or so. Uh, I've been using it uh, a lot in those five days. It's, uh, as again, everyone knows, a lot cheaper uh, if you include the uh, device you're going to be running it on, a lot cheaper than the other serious VR headsets that we've had so far the uh, Oculus Rift and the HTC Vive I think they're sort of in a different category as the mobile headsets or you know the mobile things in which you put your mobile devices which I don't really even think count all that much there are a lot of people using them but because they're so you know so cheap and i wouldn't count them into the 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 realm of what virtual reality is trying to be or at least not yet um so i've been trying this thing since it came out and uh in the beginning i have to say i was a little bit lukewarm or i guess as lukewarm as i could have expected to be um I have the, the first thing that my first impression was when you open the box, you have so many cables that it is almost <laughs> discouraging. You know, it's it might seem funny to say this, but. It's true. You have like the cable, you have the little box that you have to connect to your PlayStation via uh, HDMI, and you have to connect it to the power outlet, and you also have to plug it in to the PS4. Uh, via USB on top of of HDMI. And then you have the HDMI, double HDMI thing that comes out to the, you know, one to the TV, one to the PS4, then the double HDMI thing for the PlayStation VR. Ah, And then on the PlayStation VR, you have the the headset. I mean, honestly, it felt like this is not consumer ready at this point, almost. I mean, it's all very well done. But a lot of people talk about the, the, the wife acceptance factor. <laughs> I think that will not be high given the amount of cables. So that was, yeah, that, that was the first impression. And no one ever speaks about it. But honestly, I think it, it, is, it plays into it when you first want to uh, do it. Uh, then the impression on the headset itself, it's light a lot lighter than you might expect the quality uh the build quality is is good uh it feels a little bit toyish but not in a bad toy quality way and um it's it's overall that part of it is is i would say acceptable and the tech on the technical side everything about it is acceptable i think the term i would use to describe the overall headset is Competent. And that's what I've been saying on Twitter. I've been talking about this a lot on Twitter. And competent is, I think, the word that encompasses the impressions for this headset the best. It's not an exciting word, you know, it's not ecstatic, it's not uh, uh, super happy, it's not super enthusiastic, but that's what it is. But it works. And it's cheaper than the others, and that definitely shows in the quality of the um, display and the quality of the images you're going to be displaying on that screen. Uh, you see a little bit of screen door effect, just a little bit, though. Uh, there is a little bit of light that comes through the, the, the you know, not the headset itself, but the parts that are supposed to uh, insulate your head uh, from the and your eyes from the light. There is a little bit of an opening there at multiple locations, um, which, which let the light through. And that can be a little bit distracting as well. It's not a very wide field of view. Um, you know, you can definitely see uh, on the edges of your eyes, of your vision, rather. You can see that the, the screen stops, so you can see the black parts uh, at, the, at the edges. And I think all of this, you know, the resolution, the screen door effect, the light, the all of it might lead you to believe that this is not a good headset. But that is not true. I want to emphasize this. It is competent. It does the job. Absolutely, 100% does the job. Um, there's. It, it's also... Um, very comfortable to wear. I'm hearing uh, that it is by far the most comfortable one uh, out of the three big
1: ones.
0: (coughs) Sorry. Um, So, don't let, you know, don't believe that all of these uh, uh, knocks against it make it not a good headset. It is just what it needs to be, the minimum it needs to be to be competent and acceptable. All right. I think... That sort of does it for the hardware. I've said it enough.
1: Uh, Do you feel that those uh, the things like the field of view and stuff kind of a mess with the experience at all? You know, I
0: thought it would initially. When you first mm-hmm. put it on, you think, oh, you know, I can, I can see the light coming through a little bit. And, uh, and the, the, I can see the screen door effect on the individual pixels a little bit. And so that's what you feel initially. But, as soon as it starts, as soon as the experience starts, all of this doesn't matter anymore. all of it fades away, and uh you're definitely you know it's not like all of the games and experiences are awesome, but these elements that you paid attention to before it started when it you know when you have the loading screen and when you have the the giant uh camera, the, the giant screen in front of your eyes, like cinema mode, which they call for when you're in the PlayStation menu, um, you think, oh, this is going to be annoying. It is not. You forget all of this. You're focused on the center of the screen. None of it matters. So this is, this is where, you know, the sentiment of it is competent comes from. The, the second stage, or maybe the third, if you count the forest of cables as, as the first one, um, <laughs> Is the um, the fact that these experiences, things like you know, there's deep sea exploration and stuff like that. Um, these experiences are okay. I mean you definitely you definitely feel like you're into this weird different place to an extent you know when you have the menus and the things like that you see the the 3D right it's a very convincing um stereoscopic depth perception thing um and then you try the the, the experiences and it's okay you're you're you know you're Diving in the sea into that cage, and you're going deeper and deeper. Um, but at that point, sort of the you you understand that it it is an environment that has been created. The the quality of the graphics feel a little bit like they're holding it back a little bit um, because you know that you're in this cartoony type environment. But from what I've experienced with the more expensive VR headset like the the Rift, um, it's not like the quality of the graphics on those is so great that it all of a sudden feels photorealistic, right? It's still, I think the the big uh, issue with VR is going to be that immersion is so important that anything that breaks it a little bit feels like it is getting us to the, um, how do you call it, like the frontier in graphics when you, when something is not... Uncanny uh, Valley. Right, there you go, the uncanny valley. So it's it's not just the uncanny valley is going to manifest itself at any manifestation of lack of reality. And so that means that Yes, it's true that the PlayStation VR and PlayStation itself, including the PlayStation Pro, I'm sure, once it's out, are not powerful enough to give you a uh, full VR experience, but neither are today's PCs and today's uh, uh, hardware. So... It's not like all of a sudden you're going to have an Oculus Rift and the things that were taking you out of the experience a little bit in PSVR are going to be sold because they're not. It's not powerful enough yet. And none of these things are. Um, And in that sense, again, I hate coming back to the competent thing again. It works. It gives you a VR experience with the PlayStation VR. Um, Diving into the sea, you're looking around, you're seeing, you know, the uh, sea creatures... Uh, flying i was gonna say but swimming all around you you have some that are farther away you have some that are closer um it it gives you that impression that you're diving somewhere but it's not incredibly wow oh my god this is unbelievable or or at least it wasn't for me it was pleasant it was interesting but it wasn't the killer vr
1: app so how much do you think the them like keeping the the experience more tame i guess is a good way of saying it is because they want to keep the the frame rate up like I, I was wondering how much of how much jitter were you experiencing
0: um there was no jitter there, it's it is yeah. incredibly uh smooth it is completely lag free when you turn your head and that is key to the experience of immersion when you turn your head um uh, it is immediate, like instantaneous. You, you feel, and that, that is why you feel you're there. When you turn your head, there is like a fraction of a, you know, hundredth of a second or maybe one hundredth of a second. I don't know how much exactly, but it's imper- imperceptible. Um, mm. You know, the delay between the screen actually displaying what it should and when you're moving your head. And that's absolutely
1: key. Did the did you ever lose yourself um did the camera ever lose you because I know that camera kind of exists to kind of watch the 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 light beam on the on the headset itself it, and that's you know, some things that people complain about with the um Vive and stuff like that
0: it you know it at some points there is a very uh you know practical way of resetting it you just press mm-hmm. the options button for a couple of seconds and okay it resets the uh, screen or your position in the world and it works very well with the big cinema screen thing um, a couple of more than a couple of times often I would get for some weird reason when I was in a game world uh, not in the menus but in a game world um, the thing would get slightly off-center like it would be at an angle mm-hmm. very slight maybe five percent and no matter how much I pressed it it wouldn't correct it and I don't know why it did that but um you know you no, this is, I think, uh, part of the larger conclusion that we're not there yet and that I, w- I will get to that in a, in a little bit. Um, I also want to talk about the other experiences. The, the, the reason I'm talking about the Ocean Descent one is that it's the most serene, easiest, you know, more, most um, emblematic of what people think VR should be or vr is going to be used for Uh, it's just you're in an environment strange different that you can go go in or be in uh, otherwise and you're just observing thing and it's it's uh, uh, incredible to be there Um, there are a bunch of other demos and experiences and stuff Um, most of them were on the same level there were a couple of games that were okay ish uh, there's a shooting gallery uh still uh, in the placed uh VR worlds application where you get tired uh, holding the gun after literally five minutes it's it you would never play the entire game like this um, there's a couple of things uh rigs which is the eSports like you know mm-hmm. you're fighting in a big robot is ridiculous I mean I I, admittedly, I didn't play long, but it was just because it was the most boring thing ever. Maybe if oh, I really it more, Wow.
1: it just it just didn't do it for me. Um, it was just See, I thought, I thought rigs would be the, the the kind of platform selling application. You know,
0: I think that's what we think when we think of VR in terms of what we already know, and that always yeah. happens. <laughs> When you know new technology or anything new really comes around, it takes mm-hmm. a while to adapt to what the capabilities and the best use cases of that new thing is. And until that is realized, until the developers have figured it out, we're just using it to do what we did before, but in that new environment. And that very, very rarely works. Um, another example would be uh, the drive club VR thing. That I mean, I I tried Battlezone, which you're in a tank, like in in a kind of Tron world, and you shoot stuff and you're moving the tank, and it it was a little bit, it was okay, but it gave me it made me a little bit nauseous. Uh, Drive Club VR is puke machine. It is you know the the second you're already when you're going straight, it's meh. But the second you t- take a turn, you feel like you're you're on a, a boat that you know is going to sink. Right. It's immediately like it took literally twenty seconds. Do um, you also, think
1: that's just because you're you're immersed in this experience and you but you're not feeling the the weight of your body going the way you're expecting it to like like you would do in yeah. a car?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it is. That's exactly what it is. It it induces motion sickness in in. 20 seconds. Um, I even tried, you know, I had hopes for EVE Valkyrie. And you don't really get motion sick quite as much. Uh, You do get a little bit, but it's not too bad. Uh, But it's just, it's also not an amazing, fun experience, at least not for me. And about the motion sickness, you know, I remember when I was first, when I first started playing FPSs in the you know, early to mid 90s with, with Wolfenstein and Doom and uh, all of these, it was, it did make me motion sick after half an hour. Absolutely. Mm. And I had to learn, you know, to experience that without getting motion sick. And I think we all did. Many, many of us old timers had, had that experience who weren't born with all of this. Um so maybe it will be the same for VR. It, I really don't think so. That Drive Club VR seems like a horrible idea. And maybe some people don't get motion sick. More power to you. I don't think I would be very adverse to trying this again. Um, and you know, I was talking about doing old stuff with new tech. I remember one of the things people were chasing with the when f- FPSs first started was the 360 degrees motion of freedom and there was a game called Descent um and Descent 2 there were a couple of games um oh yeah what, which no, I, I, do you remember I played
1: that, that game at uh I played that game at PAX I played a they, they're coming out like a, with a new version of it right for uh for PS4 yeah I didn't play it in VR but I did play play mm-hmm. the game itself in PAX yeah
0: yeah, so no yeah, it's not it's not about VR even. It's it's about when we started getting the technology to render 3D worlds. We thought, well, we have 3D, let's do full freedom, right? right and so right. let's do descent, but it turned out it wasn't unsuccessful. It was we were all curious about it, but it wasn't, you know, it, it, it didn't work out and, and those types of games have not continued. So it's just to illustrate the fact that when you have new technology, you try everything, you see what sticks, and a lot of the things you f- try initially, just you realize after a while, they're just silly. So hmm. up to now, I've described a pretty bleak picture of VR and of the PlayStation VR headset, Right. It's it's pretty clear that I probably hate that thing by now and that I regret spending 500 bucks on it. Well, <laughs> then something happened. And what happened was Batman, Batman Arkham VR. Mm. And that was, I think everyone describes VR in terms of when they first had their VR wow moment and yeah. that was it for me really um, i didn't expect it at all i was thinking you know i bought it everyone said oh by the way i also played uh, thumper which people said would be an incredible experience it's a rhythm game and it was cool it wasn't oh my god this is what vr is for same with the kitchen demo from resident evil uh, right. seven it's it's fun uh, it's interesting, but it's not a game yet. Uh, even Rush of Blood, the Until Dawn thing, which is a rail shooter, the shooter things, oh my god, I was like, if you want to see what panic is, when you have the, the <laughs> scary clowns coming to you and you have like two shotguns, honestly, maybe, maybe I'll keep this for after. Let's get back to Batman uh, Batman VR. So, I, I didn't really know what to expect. People had said it was good. Uh, I bought it, and First started it, and the first scene is the Batman origin story, where you're just sitting there and see your parents get murdered. Spoiler, um, and and already <laughs> spoiler for every
1: Batman movie ever.
0: Exactly, um, and already it feels like you're put in a narrative situation that works better. You're immersed in it, and it it takes. Uh, advantage of what VR does which is makes you feel like you're there and you see what's happening and it's very different from having it happen in a screen in front of you because you are Bruce you know six-year-old Bruce in there and your parents are, are there you can look around and you feel like you're there, you know, your, your mother is trying to shield you from what's happening and she puts your hand and she's, and then the, the bad guy brings his face very close to yours. It, it is much more impactful than anything you can see on a screen at a distance. And then the game starts. And it's the first game I had with the, that I tried with the um, touch controllers The Move controllers, sorry. uh, The PlayStation Move. And that changes everything. Everything. I was, first of all, I wasn't sitting down anymore. I was uh, standing up. And I had the touch controllers in my hands, which, as you know, I'm sure, simulate your hands uh, and render your hands in the game. And the fact that you can bring up your hands and see them is does incredible things for the immersion. And then you're in Wayne Manor and you have Alfred coming there and you can, you know, teleport. Qu- the, the mode of movement that works best in VR is not to actually walk places, but you just press a button and be transported somewhere else because then you don't have the motion sickness at all and they take advantage of that and so you have your hands you can click the trigger it's very rudimentary you just have your hand opened or or closed in a fist and if you press the trigger it closes it in a fist and if you press the trigger near an object if you can grab it it grabs it or you know there's a globe a big globe in the in the manner's um uh, hole, and if you bring your head to it, it will uh spin it. you know you can spin it, it opens the hand and it touches the globe, and you spin it uh right. same with different items, objects in the room, and you can grab stuff and so there's there are postcards or items that you can grab, and you grab the postcard, you bring it to your face, you turn it around, you see what's on the other side, you pass it on your other hand um and That is, you know, I was, honestly, I was grinning like a six-year-old. It was like this amazing feeling that it actually works. I feel like I'm in there. I was... You know, standing, I couldn't walk, you know, there's maybe a, a meter and a half uh, both directions, maybe a meter, you know, a couple of square meters of, of space you need, a little bit less even. So you can't walk too much. And it's probably a good thing because you don't want to start walking around and, and uh, bumping into things. Um, but that feeling was absolutely incredible i mean i've heard other people say that batman vr is the best vr experience there is and it's short it's about maybe 90 minutes um but 20 bucks i for things like this i would be willing to pay 20 bucks you know if there were three or four of those experiences a year and i'm sure there are going to be more uh, at some point down the line i would be willing to pay for that uh psvr headset
1: so do you think that the 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 arkham experience is is enough to pay for you think the it's enough to pay for the entire headset no or okay
0: (laughs) absolutely not i'm coming back to the initial uh reaction uh, and advice i had should you buy a psvr no if you don't think you know (laughs) if you're if you're wondering about it then you shouldn't because it is not worth it it's not worth your time and it's not worth your money um mm-hmm. what it is worth however is an experience that will show that is showing what VR is going to be at some point um it's it's still incredibly crude hardware it's incredibly crude software i was talking about the uncanny valley earlier you know it's true about the graphics but it's also true about the interaction in that batman thing you can st- only pick up a few items and when you try to pick one up that isn't pickable um it it breaks it you know and and mm-hmm. the hands are very crude we're going to talk about the oculus touch in a little bit uh that's the starting to fix it but it's it's really an explorer you know it we're at the the stage where everyone's exploring the technology and we need to have consumer devices to develop it you know it's not like i'm saying they should keep it in lab for another five years we're at the stage where we need to have consumer products uh, in order for it to keep developing but it's not cooked absolutely not um it's it's like um, people often compare VR to 3D TVs or, uh, you know, motion gaming, things like that. I don't know if a lot of gaming is going to happen on v- in VR, but I can guarantee that uh, 3D TVs and, you know, motion gamings, I, we all knew or many of us knew that they were going to go away very, very quickly. And I was among those people. I really don't think VR, VR is going to go away. It is... A, 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 not life changing experience, but it's an experience that you cannot have in any other way, and that has value. That that brings something to you. So I really think it's it's here to stay. It's going to evolve. This is you know two, three, five years from now, we're going to look at the sub the hardware. Exactly what all of those VR converts are saying. There is some truth to it. If everyone's saying it, right? Those initial uh, hardware sets are going to look ancient and ridiculous and we're going to think how can I I have ever enjoyed this and to be fair we don't enjoy them all that much we have to look (laughs) for the fun in them but when they are lighter when you can take them off and put them on easily when there isn't necessarily three giant cables coming out of it you know all of this then it will be doing stuff and when we have um, controllers that mimic the hands better it will work better and those are are coming as we'll see in a minute but it, beyond all of this when you have you know the the joker that is standing in front of you in the uh, bat computer model and you can move your head closer to his face and look at his dirty teeth and his eyes following you and you're, you know, a centimeter away from him. It feels a little creepy, very creepy <laughs> and like nothing you've ever experienced before. Huh. I, it is something new, different and definitely valuable. You know, it's, there is at the end of Batman, uh, of, of that Arkham VR thing. I'm not going to say what it is, but I was feeling the feeling that you would feel in that experience when, if it was in in a video game, in a traditional uh-huh. video game with a screen, you're outside of it. I was inside huh. it. Like the feeling of being inside it was right, very right, right.
1: real. Huh? Um, yeah. I'm, I'm the, one one of the things you kind of mentioned it, but one of the things I'm kind of worried about with purchasing a a new PlayStation VR or any other headset right now is that like in two years, they're going to come out with a new version of it, you know? And if I'm going to drop like, Upwards to $800 on something. I'm not sure if I want have to have to be feel like I need to replace it in two years, you know? Uh, well, yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, the the P- PSVR is less expensive than that, but you, you yeah. absolutely yeah. need the Move controllers to have the, the oh, real experience.
1: Okay. Well, there if you go. You,
0: yeah. If you have the, if you only have the controller, then most of it is going to feel, I mean, yes, you're going to get some of it, but I don't think it's the same magic. The, the, having right. your hands modeled in it is key.
1: Um, yeah, I wonder the the move controllers whether that's that's kind of leans credence to the whole like wife factor what you're talking about earlier. Because like I, I mean, my my fiance has played a little bit on, on the PlayStation, but I have to tell her where the button. Like she has to look down at her controller whenever I tell her to hit a button. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> and, and so like, what if she can't look down at her controller? Which you can't if you have a big headset on. Um, at the experience is going to be lesser for her.
0: For sure. I mean, they often... That's really fun as well. They model the controller inside the game world. Oh, they do. Okay. Yeah. So, you can actually look at it. In some of the games, you know, when you need it. Yeah. So, you actually can look at it. So, that is kind of fun as well. Huh. Um, but... Cool yeah so and it it's also part of that magical experience that you have the controller in your hand when you put it up you see it in the screen in like this neon uh rendition and things like that but um but yeah the move controllers are what really sells the experience for me uh, mm-hmm. you know i was i was playing rush of blood you know the uh until dawn rail shooter and the the it's on rails and at some point you have like uh uh at like amusement park attraction, uh, roller coaster type thing. That was horrible. It immediately made me mo- motion sick. However, I was, as I was saying, you have two shotguns and you have the, the clowns coming at you, like the scary clowns and, and the things that start happening on that weird world. I think I have begun understanding what panic really is. You know, when you actually panic and you just start shooting everywhere, I was, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not even scared of clowns. Clowns are fine. I like clowns. <laughs> but they were rushing to me and I knew I had to, to, to shoot them for the game. But it was so, so... I don't know, immersive that I was like shooting everywhere and not even shooting at them. I was like, just, I, you know, it's difficult to explain. I was actually panicking and not panicking in the sense, you know, th- we don't even need to get into the the, the crap idea. Oh my God, it's going to be so realistic. Kids are going to become crazy. I, I knew I wasn't a game. It was just, I knew it was a game, but it the, the effect of uh, uh, that game were more uh, realistic than what, i had had before so the my reaction was also more uh genuine i think um Mm -hmm. and and that was an interesting experience for sure so anyway i've been talking for like half an hour but i really think it deserves it because uh, this is uh, the important step first step real first step for vr and for me at least it works and now what we have to do is wait for more developers to figure it out and give us more experiences like Arkham VR which I haven't said everything about it but is absolutely the best I've seen on this platform and if there's more like this no-brainer at that point I would recommend it even at 400 bucks well cool so there you go um, that being said, by the way, uh, apparently Sony is making a profit with every PSVR they're selling, which to me, if I'm a little bit conspirational, I would say they're making money instead of subsidizing it and make money on the games later, which means right. they don't think it's going to, you know, make a lot of money on software later. Or maybe it's just that they of, uh, you know, they're still cheaper than all of the others, so they can uh, afford, you know, that higher price and they can lower it later if they want to but i don't know it was interesting to note that they're making money on all of them when usually uh the console manufacturers lose money it's a loss leader on the hardware and then they make money on the software but you know they've already lost a little bit of money on the playstation vr for a while oh i'm sorry on the playstation 4 and now it's time to reap the benefits and there's no reason why they wouldn't but um
1: yeah, I wonder how much of that is just them trying to, um, I mean, if they can turn a profit, they might as well, right? Like, they're they're yeah. already, they're, they're the cheapest one on the market. So, either they sell it for a huge profit and no one buys it, or they sell it for a little bit of a profit and um, people still buy it because it's still, and it, it leaves them open to drop it down, like you said, for sales and, and price reductions later on, so...
0: And, and even beyond that, you know, you, you made me think of something else. They might not want everyone to buy it now because, again, it's not cooked. It's not ready. Right. So they right. want people who are really into it to buy it so that they're, you know, sort of enthusiastic to begin s-
1: with. Some sort of beta test kind of exactly, in a little yeah. bit as well.
0: Yeah. It's a, right. a small barrier to entry with price and, of course, meaning enthusiasm. Uh, enthusiasm. No? What? What word am I trying to say?
1: Enthusiasts?
0: The, yeah, or something like that. Uh, enthusiasm. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, yeah. you know, if you're already positively pre uh, um, uh, disposition, predisposed. predisposed, then you pay the extra price and you're happy anyway, or more likely to be happy than if you're like you buy it for 200 and then it's crap and you don't like it. So maybe it's a way <laughs> of gating
1: it uh, as well. Welcome to Pixels, um, where Ed serves as Patrick's Dictionary.
0: Thank you very much. I very You're much welcome. appreciate it. <laughs> um, hey, so why don't you serve uh, as the recounter of the Oculus Connect conference with uh, Mark Zuckerberg, who did a pretty long intro, which yeah. I personally loved. But I'm curious to, to hear what you thought of it and uh, tell us what it was.
1: Yeah, I thought it was cool. It definitely had the, the kind of feeling. So I guess I'll start off by kind of explaining what, what happened. So Mark sure. Zuckerberg came on stage and he showed off this kind of social VR kind of platform, which um, when Oculus was bought by Facebook so many years ago, it, was definitely, it definitely felt like Facebook was making that stride into um, VR and they wanted it to be a social platform um so they started off by like calling up two people that were in the uh, facebook offices and they all kind of hung out together and they showed a bunch of different like kind of like you said a little little experiences um they showed like one being underwater and one being on mars and stuff like that which is obviously really cool um but the really cool thing was that they all were sitting around like a table and you were able to see facial expressions on other people's faces so I, I was curious like how much of that was just the oculus like it, the oculus it takes up a good um maybe half of your face but it doesn't cover your mouth and it doesn't cover the top part of your forehead but somehow they were able to kind of mock out the the the, the facial expressions that you were making with the um, while the Oculus was on your face, and they were sh- able to show people making expressions and people talking and stuff like that, and I don't yeah, know they, how much of that was uh, was kind of like uh, behind the scenes demo stuff versus like actually working tech.
0: They didn't go into it too much, and you're right. The, yeah. It's weird because the 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 representations of the people were very cartoony. So yeah, right. um, It's not it, it it wasn't that that sold it, but you're right. The, the facial expressions. Were, you know, there's some uh, camera face recognition magic happening, and we don't know yeah. exactly what it is, but and, it did it did work in that when they were amazed, their eyebrows would rise and their eyes right. would widen and their face would open, and when they were sad, they would droop, and so it did work in that uh, in that sense, surprisingly yeah, well. A, and it yeah,
1: it was a little heavy handed a little bit at at times, but I think it's sure, just yeah. like they're they're trying to show off the tech and they're excited and uh they're not actors or anything like that so so it, it comes off as is kind <laughs> of awkward a little bit but um it, it was cool and then they w- one of the really neat things they showed was like they were able to call he called his wife um in during the demo on like facebook talk or something like that i, I don't remember what it's called but they showed her the video of her in the vr experience and he was able to like kinda move it around using his hand and stuff like that and show the other people. Um and then if you looked in from her perspective, she saw um him in Playstation in not Playstation, the Oculus kind of VR um The Avatars, uh, like the, the VR. Avatar, world, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. So and, and th- they were was, able to Yeah, that, that's I th- weird. I thought that was cool.
0: It's kind of hard to wrap your head around this, honestly. Without
1: seeing it. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah. it it felt natural when you were seeing it. But so she was, her actual face was being shown on the voice, on Mm -hmm. the face call. um, And she was seeing the VR world, which he was sending her by moving her image in the room, which was, you know, it was like there was a virtual camera on top right. of her
1: so it's like it's, he was holding a phone and he right. was moving it to show his friends you know and 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 show the dog and stuff like that you know
0: it was it was very uh, a very weird uh thing to experience but the the thing is you know f- the, the face facial expressions absolutely sold it and the other thing is mm-hmm. the the hands uh and the movement of the hands, that's basically with the uh, touch controller, which has a lot of sensors and buttons to render, mimic, and detect the hands properly. So much so that you actually can point a finger, open your hand, make a fist, like grab stuff. So it's much, much more capable th- than something like the PlayStation Move or even uh, the Oculus Vives uh, controller. It really shows your hand moving almost individual with individual fingers. And that also contributed to the immersion immensely, I thought, you know, they were grabbing stuff, sending, throwing cards and right, that, that to me, the faces and the hands was what was needed to simulate presence.
1: Yeah. And they didn't, they didn't show the kind of, the kind of gamey stuff, you know, where you, if you're, even when you lean down, it, it says the, like press X or whatever to, to do this. So I wonder how much of that will be able to translate into an actual consumer product. Um, but it did seem very natural the kind kind of movements. There was no like real jank, and, and like I said, this is kind of, this was a demo, so you, you never know what's going on behind the scenes. But it it did seem very natural the movement that they were able to make to to flip over those cards to show who had the highest card or whatever.
0: And you know, when I watched it uh, last week, I was pretty amazed. And then I played with the PlayStation VR things and with the PlayStation Moves, and even with that, it does become incredibly natural. Like you know that you have to press the trigger to to grab something with your hand. Right. It it you you integrate it immediately. So hmm. I can absolutely cool. believe that it works like that with the much uh, more advanced touch con- uh, touch touch controller. Um, which is going to be two hundred bucks, by the way, and it was a little bit uh, two hundred bucks for the pair, uh, and I was a little bit appalled when I saw the first the price initially, but now that I have experienced it, I understand the importance of having something that can simulate your hand so well. So right. basically, I would be, you know, again, it's all everything has to move forward, but if the experiences are advanced enough, I would be willing to pay 200 bucks just for the controllers. No problem. Because it is so important. I think ultimately we'll need like, I don't know, some kind of gloves that need to mimic your hand entirely. And that's not, that might not be so far away. But um, you, you also ha- need something in
1: your hand, I think, to hold it. But Have you ever played uh, this game called One Night Ultimate Werewolf? Ever heard uh, of it? I
0: haven't, no.
1: Um, there, so it's a, it's a board game where oh, you kind of... Right. All sit around, and everyone has a different um, role. And depending on the role, you decide to want whether you want to kill like the villagers or um, or the wolves or stuff like that. And the and there's a there's a VR version of the game that Ubisoft is putting out. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but the idea is that you're able to sit around a table, an actual table, with other people playing the game, and you're able to kind of figure out whether they're lying or not based on their facial expressions. And I think that something like this can lead to things like that. I mean, we we all are uh, gamers. We all have friends that live like halfway across the world and, and stuff like that. And you don't get the, you get to sit down at a table and kind of play board games and stuff like that with them as much. Um, so I, I wonder if, if that is the key application to um, making Oculus so great. And it kind of goes with that social network kind of kind of feel as well as gaming. So it's not just like we we care about skyping each other like, like we do right now, but we can actually see each other in the in the world and able to. If you're able to read facial expressions, you're able to do things like tell people if people are lying about things and stuff like that. Yeah, it's. You know? I mean,
0: it it was it is definitely something that you can see when you see that demo. I absolutely right. agree, and the the extent to which it was convincing i would really encourage people who are interested in vr to go and watch it it's you know it's the beginning of the the presentation it's about i don't know 15 minutes or so mm-hmm. um, but the thing that really struck me was that by the end of it you know he started on stage it wasn't like a pre-recorded demo he was on stage he was seeing all the people watching him in the arena then went to the to the rift put it on and he was in that quote unquote world and Initially, you're like, "Oh yeah, so they, they have the stage behind them, blah blah blah." and then you start forgetting, 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 to the point that when they've traveled in lots of different places and done stuff and played cards and all of it, when he takes it off again, you're, yeah. you you're like, "Oh right he He was still on stage. I had forgotten yeah. that he was actually physically it it did it to you too, right?
1: yeah they make, they make a they make a emphasis to kind of show that, I think possible yeah the 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 fact that he's able to walk over to the vr show the show the vr and you're able to see what he's seeing and he just walks right back it it definitely is a little uh breaking to kind of realize that he was kind of on stage that whole time you know yeah
0: yeah exactly um so anyway that that was i think really really interesting and and another glimpse into what the vr future is going to be like because it, they made a point of saying that again we're we're not there yet we need like 16k screens and the kind of computer power <laughs> that you know and super light uh, headsets we're it's definitely like 5 10 years away for the the actual full potential to be unlocked um but the things I take away, they presented, you know, a couple of other things. There's a prototype of a completely wireless headset, uh, which a bunch of people are working on similar things, uh, but it's called name uh, Santa Cruz there. Um, there's a web VR, you know, uh, a framework that they're working on, which is going to make things easier to just, uh, uh, you know, develop and, and use as yeah. a VR user. Um, yeah, it's
1: supposed to be, it's supposed, it's based off of uh, the React framework in JavaScript. Um right. And it's supposed to make things e- easier to uh, kind of develop and interact directly with, with some sort, with a, with an API in the backend and yeah. just make it easier, you know? So basically um, just
0: go to a, to a URL and with your headset and you'll be going into a VR experience. You don't necessarily right. have to be into that app, uh, quote unquote type ecosystem. So yeah. There were a lot of interesting things, honestly. Well, one of the Um, things
1: that I didn't want to touch on real quick is that they called it auto... Oh, crap, I don't remember what... It's called asynchronous time warp and asynchronous space warp. I don't know if you watched that late in the demo. Yeah. Um, But the idea of this is that if a frame gets dropped, and that's one of the the leading causes of of the, the motion sickness that we were talking about earlier. If a frame gets dropped, Oculus will... Will kind of inject a frame in there to take that's kind of like based off of compositing of the previous frame and, p- and maybe what the yeah. and prediction about where you're going. And they've said that it, it leads to it was like t- 11% before of like um, kind of drop frames and, and problems like that and the problems those cause to 0.2% now. Yeah. And the, that kind of promise is really promising um and, I, and i'm interested to see how how it works
0: well they went even further i mean that is yeah. something they have been working on for a while that's uh asynchronous uh it's one of the two either time Ta- warp, time or warp, space warp was
1: the was the first one they talked about where it's right. just a single drop frame and then they talked about space warp which was um the idea of being able to like substitute in something that was running at low frames for a for a long amount of time right right so
0: the way that works is that uh they render 45 frames per second and Mm -hmm. inject 45 uh, intermediate frames uh to to make the experience smooth because as many people will know 90 frames per second is what you need in vr in order to not feel motion sick uh if you drop below it immediately makes you motion sick and 90 is imperative on i guess on an average for most people but so that's what they need to get so using that technology to the technology of uh, asynchronous time warp to make asynchronous space warp which is that uh, doubling of the 45 frames per second what that means is that you only need a a computer or a, a, a renderer that is going to render 45 frames per second in order right. to have a uh vr experience
1: and, and they went ahead and announced that uh the minimum specs for for oculus and um the big key thing is that it was an, an nvidia 960 was the or higher was the yeah. video card which is uh, obviously a, a pretty cheap much video cheaper card. Yeah. yeah
0: um the systems are now roughly 500 bucks for rift mm-hmm. ready uh heads uh, uh PC, which brings it closer to the price of a cheaper console. It's still more expensive, especially as consoles are getting cheaper. Uh, And you you have to remember, you get more
1: use out of a computer than you do than you do a console. Yeah, of
0: course, of course. But at that price, I don't think you're going to get the uh, top VR experience anyway. Sure, right. So, um, but but it it is very encouraging, and it's going to continue. Right, it's going to people are going to keep, and developers are going to keep finding tricks uh, to make things easier they were mentioning things like what you the resolution of our vision is really good at the set you know it's a very small uh angle it's a very small portion of our field of view and Mm -hmm. if you can make sure that you render that portion at maximum uh resolution and everything else is at lower resolution, then your eyes won't see the difference, but yeah. you will be able to do it at a much cheaper uh, power budget, uh, 3D-wise. And the thing is, we don't have that technology. Oh, crap. I'm going to go answer my phone. Sorry. <laughs> that is what happens when you don't put your phone in silence mode. I apologize. Um, so... <laughs> Right, you you uh, are going to be finding more tricks and it's going to get better and better. And that, uh, that uh, trick with the uh, portion of the field of view that should be rendered higher is on the horizon, but we don't have the technology to do it yet. It will happen. And so basically, as with all of those things, uh, as is always the case, uh, it's going to... Um, it's just going to get cheaper and more powerful and all of this i have no doubt but again i think yeah three five years from now will be when i will probably recommend these kinds of things unless all of a sudden the playstation vr gets you know 10 experiences like batman and and at that point (laughs) i will say go for it but um all right uh that was a long vr portion but it is definitely worth it because it starts now so i'm sure you guys wanted to hear uh you wanted to know what to do and again um if you didn't already know what to do then don't buy it um more pieces of information and i wanted to talk about uh, destiny rise of iron but i want to talk about this thing first have you seen the uh, Rockstar Games teaser?
1: Yeah, they they put it up on on Twitter, Facebook, like all over, and it was all over Reddit yesterday. So um, yeah, it's basically just a red a red rectangle with the Rockstar logo kind of uh, faded away a little bit. And it's very reminiscent of Red Dead Redemption. Exactly. Um, and it, there are rumors that Red Dead Redemption Red Dead Redemption Two was going to be at E three and then they backed out at the last minute because they couldn't find the, the time to fit it into the PlayStation, um, yeah, there was uh, also press a press conference. Um,
0: there was also, uh, some people, uh, speculated that it was because of a, there was a, a an issue of gun violence. Oh before, yeah, I that's right. right. Yeah. That was the other reason was, but.
1: they did that because it it was because, of, uh, they wanted to kind of, Tone that down because of the, the shootings in Orlando that was that week. that yeah. was yeah,
0: that was what we yeah. were um, but yeah, so I mean it's been um, it's been delayed reportedly or rumors are uh, and now they just posted this on a Sunday afternoon at uh you know it was Sunday afternoon my time, but uh morning u s time, and that yeah. thing in uh, less than in about 24 hours has gotten more, over 100,000 retweets and 175,000 right. likes <laughs> on Twitter alone. It's the, the, the amount of excitement there is for that game is, is, you know, rivaled only, I think, by Half-Life 3 or yeah. know, that is the thing you would need to go to to top it. Um, it's pretty amazing,
1: so- I wonder if they're going to just say like, oh, it'll be out in November or if they're going to give it a little bit more time. I hope they don't say it'll be out in November.
0: That would be amazing. I mean, they (laughs) would sell millions, but uh, they would say dozens of millions. But I mean, I think I don't know exactly what it's going to be. I would think that it's there are two things that are possible. Red Dead Redemption Remaster and Mm. Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, I had a number of titles that I uh, proposed for Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, Red Dead Revolution, Red Dead Rendition, Red Dead Reaction, Red Dead Realization, Red Dead Relation. I mean, Red Dead Remission. All of those would make for a great game. Uh, The story of a cowboy recovering from a battle with cancer. Red Dead Remission. No? Mm -hmm. No? Anyone? Okay. Anyway, um, so it could be either uh the remaster i think it will be both actually i think there's going to be a remaster and uh the the i mean the second one is pretty much a given now with the amount of rumors and this uh and i think they will uh announce the second one and release very quickly a uh remaster of the first one to get people to play it and experience it and make a little bit of money as we wait for redemption too.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they. Um, I mean, they've already got the the backwards compatibility on Xbox One, for uh, for the for for the first game. So, yeah. um, wouldn't I be surprised if they if they do if they do a similar thing. I mean, if you're gonna or release rema- a full remaster,
0: yeah. If, if you're gonna announce uh, Red Dead Redemption Two, um, and you don't release a remaster of the first one, you're really leaving money on the table. That makes yeah, no right. sense. I think so. Um, so yeah, I'm really. We don't have any other information. We don't know when they're gonna uh, discuss it more. But if you do something like that on on Twitter, I wouldn't be surprised that you know even by the time this uh, show is a day old, we've heard more from uh, Rockstar because you don't do this and then do nothing for a couple of weeks. Yeah. You have to you have to announce it. So. Um. Destiny Rise of Iron. I've uh, mentioned that I wanted to, to play it uh, and that I would give my impressions on the show. Honestly, I'm disappointed. Um, I, oh, no. I, <laughs> I've loved Destiny so much, and I still do. Um, but Rise of Iron, I've done the uh, story Portion and a little bit of missions after that the story is relatively short uh, just like the taken king was but it's so much less impactful it's less exciting it's less funny it's less well written and the 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 environment of the fell winter whatever it is i mean the the old russia portion of the cosmodrome that we go to for this feels A lot more like recycled uh, assets, which it is because it uses the assets of the Cosmodrome we know, um, Uh than the Taken King was. The Taken King was, you know, the Dreadnought was a completely new environment. Uh, It felt different and and new and the writing was better, all of it. This feels like a cheap um, season pass expansion, type of thing you mm-hmm. know it's it's 30 bucks so it's not a full price game uh so we shouldn't expect one but still it is no if you were expecting something like the taken king it is not you don't have you know new gameplay elements or very few you don't have a new spec you don't have a new uh you know you have one new strike uh, uh apparently really good i haven't played it but a really good but short raid of three bosses um So it's really for people who have been playing nonstop and who want new stuff. I think those people are probably happy. I have a couple of friends who have, you know, been playing Rise of Iron, Uh, non-stop for the past few weeks but for most people if you weren't still playing destiny I think it's safe to wait for destiny 2 next year and completely um, pass on rise of iron even if you loved destiny original and or uh, the taken king it is nowhere as good as the taken king so don't worry about it too much. There are plenty of great games to play now. Um I think you can wait for Destiny 2 next year. Um Gears of War 4. So we haven't played it. Um but it's it's apparently exactly what it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. It's more Gears of War, which is good, I guess, and bad at the same time. Um, I think it's again for big fans of Gears of War. Uh, it's visually striking. Everyone agrees that it's a, a good Gears of War, uh, but it's you know, and that's a good thing and a bad thing. So I think depending on how you feel about the franchise and uh, the the different games that have uh, come out over the next ten uh, over the past ten years, you'll decide for yourself how you feel about Gears of War four. But I don't think anyone is going to be Surprised either way, at what it is, so there you go um have you seen that pigeon gameplay for Battlefield One thing?
1: I saw like an us article on it, and I just kind of like glanced at it, but I didn't actually' w- watch a video or anything like that
0: I think you know, I think everyone should It okay. sounds incredibly dumb to be playing a pigeon in Battlefield one, yeah but it's so Battlefield One, as you know, is set in during World War One, and um, this is a short set piece moment of the game where uh, mm-hmm. the players or the characters release a pigeon to give coordinates for a strike. And I'm not going to spoil it, but it's basically the the value of it is you're in the middle of that incredibly hectic. Um, Experience of being in fighting in World War One, and then you start—you know—you transition to playing that pigeon, <laughs> who is just flying towards where he wants to go, um, for a little bit, and you get out of the chaos of this war. You're soaring, uh, maybe I don't know, a, a hundred yeah. meters high or a fifty watch meters it. high. Yeah, and you see the chaos. In below you, and the sound gets muffled, and all of this, huh. and it's incredibly poetic. You know, it it has a a value of uh, storytelling that has rarely been uh, achieved i think uh, modern warfare and modern warfare 2 managed to do that when they would put you in situations where that you didn't expect during that those conflicts um but and here it does kind of the same thing in a very different way and yeah. i think it's is it's as powerful as it sounds ridiculous initially so Think you should go and and at least watch the video if you search yeah, for battlefield it looks one pigeon looks cool. yeah it uh it definitely is and i did want to mention it um another thing that looks kind of cool is the uh the old republic knights of the eternal throne uh trailer which almost made me go and reactivate my or you know re download <laughs> uh, the old republic which is an mmo as many people know have, have you seen this trailer
1: yeah, I love the the old republics trailers. They're they're they're, I would say, maybe not on par with, with like a Blizzard cinematic, but it, it definitely is is harkens back to to that kind of that kind of stuff. And just it, every time I, I watch it, I'm like you, I, I feel the need to go and play it again. Um, when the Knights of the Fallen Empire uh, trailer came out, I, I went back and played it for a little bit. So um,
0: how was it? Did it live up to the expectation uh, of the trailer or because well, I'm still I, on the verge of, of re-downloading
1: that's it. that was the thing was like I I didn't get to jump right into the Knights of the Fallen Empire stuff course, I, I, was, right. I had to I was still I'm still level 40 or something like that um on my my highest level character so I didn't get get the full experience and uh, that's the thing I feel like the Old Republic is exactly what it was trying to be it was an MMO that had that this that each class had its own individual story and i i just wish that the stuff in between the the travel and the the combat that i that that was to me was so easy to understand because i played wow but more difficult than wow wasn't as easy to kill things um i felt like that the the Minute to minute gameplay wasn't enough to keep me going. Um, mm. despite and it's still the story, that is what you're is yeah, what you're it, st- it still is. It, despite the story really wanted, wanted to keep me, uh, keep me going. Mm.
0: That's too bad because that trailer, honestly, yeah. I-, I think storytelling wise, it's, it's better than some of what uh, Blizzard has been doing, which right. always has it's, a
1: Actually, you know what? It, it doesn't just remind me of like a, the Blizzard cinematic because it doesn't have the the polish there, but it reminds me of the Overwatch shorts.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I think that's yeah. where it 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 has a a, a very compelling uh, story narrative, narrative yeah. and and you you watch this and you you want to find out more, which is the strength of that game, I guess. But um, yeah, exactly. Yeah um all right so that's uh the old republic i don't think you know the thing is there are so many things to play now uh for the this holiday season that i i'm not sure i'm going to to pull the trigger on that but maybe mm-hmm. who knows
1: remember you can play it for free
0: yeah but you don't not, have to subscribe right right but um, not the knights yeah. of the eternal throne you have to buy it the, the yeah, latest sure. expansion as is common you know for everything yeah. but uh, but, you know, if you want to try it, you, there is a uh, a movie coming out soon. Is it at the end of the year, the Rogue One, or is it next year? Yeah, it's,
1: it... it's late December. Oh, my God. I, th- I think late December is when every single movie is going to come out.
0: I think they had one planned for April, but then it was pushed. To it Miami. was pushed, right?
1: Yeah. It was okay. supposed to be... It episode was supposed to be April episode or May eight, right, uh, episode yeah. eight was supposed to be uh, especially this year but then they pushed it back so oh. or next so it's year, gonna probably.
0: be it's gonna be every every year every uh, December. every holiday
1: yeah December time yeah very excited so yeah maybe yep.
0: that will want make me want to um, to try Knights of the Eternal Throne maybe I don't know I mean it it would be interesting to uh, if you know if you are a listener and you're still playing um, the old Republic Please let me know how different it is from what it was maybe three or four years ago Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe even before that because WoW has some things that change. Uh, It's still the same core gameplay, but especially in the latest expansion, a lot of things have changed in the way you approach it. And those things you only experience if you get into the last expansion right and maybe in knights of the eternal eternal throne there are some of those cool new gameplay elements and approaches to what an mmo is today uh and if it is i think i would like to go and experience them i would be ready to to purchase knights of the eternal throne so if you if you play it if you've tried it please let me know um i'd be curious to to uh have your impressions that would be awesome um steam is getting native playstation 4 controller and uh, the steam link system is getting integrated into tvs uh, some tvs so you don't need the actual box to do it you just have like a steam link app i guess on your on your tv Um, both cool elements expanding the the reach of steam i can't find it now but i i saw a graph of the progression of steam in in over the past 10 years it and the thing is i think for most of us we've thought of steam as this thing that has a that arrived maybe in the late 2000s and that's been there ever since but it's never stopped growing and it's growing to levels that are pretty amazing nowadays. So, and that's why, because Valve keeps expanding the reach of Steam and the attractability. And um, they have become a store more than that makes me sad. Yeah. And hashtag Half Life 3, but they've become <laughs> a store more than a developer of games. So, yeah, that's, I, it's not good or bad. It's just, That's the way it is. And Steam is great. I love Steam. But uh, anyway, so you'll be able to use your PS4 controllers easily, which is great news if you want to, you know, use... There are so many games now that use uh, Steam that are not necessarily best played on the keyboard. That's yet, you know, another option. So, Uh, Ah, we were talking about Gears of War. I forgot to mention it. Uh, Apparently, Universal is developing a Gears of War movie. Uh, it's not the first time they've uh, there's been talk about this in the 2000s as well, but now it's looking like it might be happening. I'm not, sh- I don't know what to think of this. Gears of War is so over the top and and silly, you know, bros <laughs> like army bros high fiving all the time and having those ridiculous banter lines. And the thing is, if they do it faithful to the game, then it's going to look dumb. If they do it unfaithful, then it's not going to look faithful, obviously. So I don't yeah. know what to expect.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the it seemed like the Assassin's Creed movie um, was going to kind of stay faithful to the, to the series for the most part. So maybe they'll stick with the same thing with Gears mm. of War.
0: Yeah, but Assassin's Creed faithful to the game, you can see how it would work. It's a serious story. Yeah. With Gears of War, I mean maybe it would wor- work at us as a sci-fi army comedy movie that right i guess that that would be that could be pretty fun actually maybe It'd be it like be,
1: starship troopers
0: kind of yeah uh, but yeah. less ironic and more yeah just yeah it would be more like you know the jude apatow movies <laughs> <laughs> um the the because they're so you know anyway it, it would be more i would see it more like this like uh what what's the thing about the the thing in vegas they made like three of it three of the or four vegas uh, movies oh
1: uh, uh oh uh the hangover hangover movies. the hangover there you go yeah. for
0: some reason gears of war and i understand this seems completely unrelated <laughs> but gears of war uh makes me think of that kind of over-the-top ridiculous humor in yeah. its its own way so maybe uh, that would be an interesting uh niche genre but uh and finally um have you seen this trump is not a team player uh, yeah. thing that's been taking over the internet
1: um, oh my goodness it's it's hilarious it's
0: so okay i uh, i am pr- a pretty political person we're not going to be talking about uh the politics of it here um but just the uh the, the the implications so there's a group uh which i i can't remember it's a pack basically um yeah. called uh readyballot.org uh that made a um a site called trump is not a team player to try and uh denounce trump's failings in a way that um gamers would understand And basically what it is, is it shows it's a series of cartoons and pieces of text showing how Trump equates to the worst... Uh, players we see in uh, video games and specifically the illustrations are from overwatch which immediately grabbed my attention uh, obviously <laughs> um, a few examples i'm sure you've seen them but um, it says uh, my team sucks in bold letters and then it goes on to explain how trump uh Corresponds to that statement. It says uh, Trump has fired two campaign managers. His policy team uh, quit because he forgot to pay them, um, and he's being abandoned by the Republican Party. Basically, um, he, they're saying Trump is the guy is like the guy who is on in your games, and that always complains about his team. Um, and it's
1: blaming everyone but himself.
0: Yeah, exactly. Always blaming everyone but himself. Uh, the controller is broken is another of those claims. This screen, has, this screen has input delay, and you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There's a, a bunch of other ones, and each time they're illustrated by a um, an Overwatch character. Some people love this. Um, I think I was going to say some people don't. I think everyone has thought it was at least super funny.
1: Um, yeah. It's it's pretty funny.
0: I don't know what to think of this. I think <laughs> it's funny enough. It and it, you know, it's a whether it's for Trump or Clinton. I guess it's a it's probably an efficient way of talking to people who don't care about politics all that much and who care a lot about video games. I immediately went to to what does Blizzard think of this though, and. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine they're too happy about it. Um, I'm I'm not sure they care about uh, Trump one way or the other, or actually I'm sure they do, but it's not in question here. I'm sure they would love for this to go away though. I don't think they want Overwatch to be associated with this kind of, um, this kind of uh, thing. You know, and, and they could, of course, say, hey, you're using our property, please stop. But I think that would bring only negative attention to them. It's Barbara Streisand it. effect. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um. So I think there were a number of PR people and Blizzard seeing this and thinking, <laughs> oh, my God, please make this go away. Please. Right. We don't we don't want this for our brand. Imagine because a few people have mentioned it. You know, it's Overwatch, it's Hanzo, blah, blah, blah. Imagine if you start seeing on uh, primetime news television, uh, you know, this game Overwatch uh, is, you know, Donald Trump is portrayed as Overwatch characters and Overwatch, Trump, Overwatch, Trump, Overwatch. (laughs) I think that would be that no one wants this. Yeah. Um, to be fair, I think they wouldn't want it with Clinton either. Uh, obviously, she's less uh, radioactive than, than Trump right now on the controversy <laughs> side. Whether or not you believe that's warranted, that's just the reality of it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious. Uh, I would have been very curious to be in a boardroom at Blizzard when they were discussing this. Yeah. But, um, yeah, interesting. Anyway, um i think that is going to be it for the show very uh vr heavy and i hope we'll get more uh, positive vr stories in the future there are a few games that are coming up uh, on the playstation vr uh until the end of the year and hopefully after that as well so uh i'll keep you appraised with my impressions on on the things that are coming or if i have new experiences there. Um, but for now, this is the end of the show. And before we leave, as usual, uh, Ed, could you tell people where they can find you
1: if they want more of you? Sure. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash edesis. And if you want to watch me play uh, video games, I usually do it Monday nights, at seven o'clock. So tonight, after this podcast is posted, probably. Yep. And uh, yeah, so I, I, Usually I play Overwatch. I've been playing ReCore over the past couple of days, but I, I might mm-hmm. pick up a, an indie game. I've been playing this little game called Fury, which came out a couple months ago on, on PlayStation. And that's that's pretty cool. So um, if you you're interested in that and you want to watch us, we play uh, video games every single night over at 4pp.tv. And we record our podcast um, on Thursday nights. Cool. At like 9 p.m. or something like that. Eastern time.
0: Excellent. Um, I said we wouldn't mention it, but um, you played Recore, and it's been getting very meh reviews. I tried yeah. the demo, and I was unconvinced. Um, what did you think of that game?
1: I actually quite liked it. Really? Um, so the the I think the meh reviews are weighed down by the the technical aspect of it. The load times aren't great. Um, it looks okay as far as like uh, graphics wise but the management of gameplay isn't too deep but the the what really makes it shine to me is um these little like dungeons that you go into which are p- pure platforming dungeons so it reminds me it harkens back to Super Mario Sunshine where you had those Maybe. those dungeons that you went and you were literally just in there to traverse the world to the end and get the star you know and uh, so those really, really impressed me as far as uh, the, the the gameplay element was. Um, and at the, actually, at the very end, the the entire end section is all platforming, with the exception of, of a little these little arenas that you land in where you're doing some fighting. But it really, it's and it's challenging. And those kind of that kind of game does not exist in the modern day. And for for a, but, for a forty dollar game, I think it, it's worth it.
0: Okay, but I, I thought that the uh, you know the the energy cores were playing a huge role in that you could. You know, extract them and then put them in your yeah. companion and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Doesn't that gameplay element uh, make it fun? You're saying that, yeah. Doesn't that really...
1: that part. I, I was when I was talking about the the gameplay. I meant more like um, the fact that you you're literally just switching your uh, your colors in order to kill enemies and stuff like that. That isn't very um, engaging. But okay. the the gameplay part of like leveling up your robot and infusing them with different parts and different um, little core things or whatever that stuff is, is promising. And I think that given a chance, I think this could become a, a good sequel kind of bat- like, like a watchdogs one to two and, and, Assassin's Creed one to two is probably the better example. Okay. Um, so I, I give it a, I give it a chance if you can find it for, for less than 30 bucks, go for it. If, uh, but I think it's worth $40 for a $40 game. I think it's worth it.
0: Okay. Well, thank you very much. And uh, yeah. if you want more, again, at Edesis on uh, Twitter, and you'll find his uh, the links to his stuff from there and uh, for me, uh, you can find my stuff at NotPatrick on Twitter and on Facebook Um, and this show and The Fitness Club at FrenchSpin.com the latest episode of The Fitness Club was a discussion with a very conservative Christian um, where we discussed his views and his uh, opinions on different things and um, you know, I I was saying I I like politics Uh, what I like even more than politics itself is be being able to discuss things in a respectable, um, you know, polite environment and not yell at each other. And that is what we tried to do there and tried to explore uh, what world he was living in in a respectful manner. And I think we achieved that. So um, that was a nice special episode. The other, the regular episodes where we discuss news fr- with people from different parts of the world uh, is coming back, of course, at the end of the month. So that's at FrenchSpin.com and uh yeah again remember to come tell me in the comments or on twitter if you exp- if you what your experience with the uh, knights of the eternal throne is i would be interested to know that's gonna be it for us and we will be back in about uh, two weeks for another episode thanks so much for listening and talk to you then bye